there was one day, <laughs> there was one day, I did, and there are dreams I cannot be, and there are storms, and the, uh, the cast are all on stage with me, because it, it's a concert version, right, so they're all sat on the barricades and the bleachers behind me, and I literally hear people go, what are you doing, <laughs> what are you doing, <laughs> I was like, oh, is that a good what you're doing or a bad what you're doing? Hello and welcome to another special midweek episode of In The Frame. Today's guest is the one and only Lucy Jones, who is currently starring as Jenna in the UK tour of Waitress, reprising her celebrated performance from the West End production. Lucy burst onto our screens on the 2009 series of X Factor on ITV and has gone on to become one of our busiest leading ladies in Theatreland. She made her West End debut as Cosette in Les Mis and went on to star as Meat in the international arena tour of We Will Rock You. Strap yourself in for the rest of her CV. It's insane. She played Victoria in American Psycho at the Almeida Theatre, Molly in the Asian tour of Ghost the Musical, Elle Woods in Legally Blonde at Leicester Curve and on tour, Holly in The Wedding Singer on tour, Maureen in Rent at the St. James and on tour, Lou in Girlfriends for LMTO, Heidi in the digital production of Title of Show, The Ghost of Christmas Past and The Christmas Carol at the Dominion, and most recently she returned to Les Mis to play Fontaine in the concert production at the Sondheim Theatre. It was recently announced that Lucy will be wrapping up her run in Waitress in December, but she is busy as ever. On top of Waitress, she's also currently preparing for two Christmas concerts at St. David's Hall in Cardiff on Monday the 13th of December and at the West End's Her Majesty's Theatre on Tuesday the 14th of December. It was such a treat to record this episode with Lucy. She is so brilliant, so easy to talk to. We, of course, talked all things waitress, but we also got a little bit geeky and talked all things vocals. I'm sure you heard that option up that she did in I Dream to Dream in Les Mis, and I needed to hear all about that and about the crazy things she does in Waitress. Um, it's a good one. Here's the interview. Lucy Jones, you're in the frame. Oh, my God. Frame. <laughs> how are you i'm great thank you how are you i'm good i'm happy to be chatting to you i can't imagine where i want to know what what gear what what mode is your head in because you're back on tour back in a show schedule but it's it's you know this isn't normal this still isn't normal time so where are you at None of it is normal, my friend. None of it. Um, but to be honest, I've been, I did Les Mis in the summer. So I've been working again seven or eight shows a week since like May. So I'm kind of back into the swing of things. Um, but it's still not normal. Like I had to, my alarm was set this morning. And the first thing I did was do a lateral flow test. And um, we still, you know, we're still having to be, a little bit socially distant we can't speak to people at stage door it's 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 a strange way to be 
But the alternative of not doing it at all is unfathomable. Can you imagine if we still weren't doing things? Um, so yeah, I'm in a good gear. I don't know what number that is, but it's a good one. <laughs> I guess as well, it's good. It's good. You you have your mind is focusing on the show and focusing on other things, and uh, that's the best kind of escapism, I guess, to be working. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, how lucky am I? I love my job. I love it. I love it. So I, it's thrilling. It's not, you know, I saw a meme a couple of days ago that it's like, uh, like a song and the lyric was, um, I'm not going to do that. And the girl was saying, uh, when my boss talks to me about coming back into the office to work and I'm like, wow, what's that feel like not wanting to go to work? That's, I'm so lucky i'm so lucky and i feel that now more than ever definitely Mm. tell me about when the tour of waitress came on the cards was that an easy yes when you've spoken about how before waitress first time around you were ready for a break from touring but obviously we know that your time of waitress got cut short so there must have been all these things bubbling over what was your thought process yeah definitely Uh, it's an interesting um kind of conversation because the first time that the tour was mentioned to me I I wasn't really particularly up for it I was still doing it in town Covid had not been invented yet um you know I was I was loving my life in the West End and thinking I'd really love to stay in the West End and I'd love to stay in this job and then beyond this job I'd love to think that there might be something else for me in town so that I can you know live in my house and see my husband in the morning and in the evening and things like that. Touring is tough. Touring is a, is a tough gig um, and should never be forgotten that it is really difficult. Um, you just sleep in someone else's house all week or you live in a hotel, you don't have a kitchen or, you know, you don't know if you're going to be in a room that has aircon switched on that you can't switch off and you can't open a window. So your voice is going to be affected and you don't know if the person above you is going to want to have a rager until three in the morning and you, you're eating different things. You're sleeping differently. You're not having your home comforts that make your day-to-day job in the West end. It's still incredibly difficult, but manageable, you know? Um, so it's a different, it's a different way of working. So yeah, I was ready to not tour for a while. Um, then of course um the old panny d happened um and i was thrilled when the company called me and said the tour is still going to happen at some point would you now be interested um but this is when we knew that the west end show was unfortunately not coming back and i said yes yes please please yes i am not done with this role um, I wasn't there when the show did its last performances in London because Sarah was playing the role. Sarah Brellis was here. So I was off doing other things and I wasn't ready to say goodbye to it. So uh wasn't, I'd say, the quickest, easiest yes I've ever said first time. Um, mm. Not be not anything to do with the show or the role, of course, just to do with, you know, life and sanity and... Um, my mind and my body and my soul and my relationship and all of those things. So um, this time round, it was very easy to say yes to. So that's a very convoluted way of saying, yeah, it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> but then 
what's it been like to have all that time away and then to revisit it? I was there in Wimbledon on that uh, press night, that media night, and it was electric and you just seemed to be so at home. Like, it was incredible. I do feel very relaxed in this role, which is weird because she's not a relaxed person. She's tired. Jenna is tired all the time. And she's very, like, physicality-wise, I don't have to be... I'm not giving you a Fontaine that's very, you know, uptight and, and nervous about her child and this and that and the other. I'm not giving you an Elle Woods who's, oh, my God, all the freaking time, like, oh, my God, it's so exhausting playing a character like that because you just don't stop. Jenna is different because... The, can you hear my chihuahua in the background? I can hear chihuahua, but that's 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 atmospheric. I love it. This is real life, guys. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jenna's a little bit more... She's exhausted. She's accepted that she's stuck when we meet her. So we have these moments with Jenna where she's like, maybe I can get out of here. But it's never like, oh my God, I'm going to get out of here. So that different energy makes it a more physically relaxing thing to do than some of the other roles that I have played. Um, however, having a long time away from a role and coming back to a role is something I have done it before. I did it with Elle in Legally Blonde. Um, but it was a different version of the show. I went from Nikolai's, um, beautiful uh curve production to a completely different production on the, the UK tour. Uh, same person, but different versions of events. So relearned it, you know, did things differently. This was different. Uh, and having had a lot of time to think about Jen, she, she never left my mind in the pandemic and in COVID. And I was still thinking about, oh, I could try that on this bit. Or I wonder how she would feel in this situation or that situation. And the kind of things that you think when you're, when you're living a character eight times a week. I didn't stop doing that for months and months and months and months after the show ended. So I had all this new energy and new stuff to bring to her, but I'd never stopped thinking about her. So I felt relaxed in her shoes, pun intended. I did feel very relaxed in her shoes and apron, but with a new energy of, this is even more important now. And the, mm. the self-analysis of she used to be mine, like, we all did that. We all did that, you know, in lockdown. Sorry, we all did that in lockdown, we all sat on the sofa or in our kitchen or, you know, on our walk thinking, who am I? Or what am I doing with my life? Or everyone had these moments and conversations with themselves or with their partners or friends or whatever. And so when I sit on the sofa now to sing She Used to Be Mine, it's a completely different experience because there could be any number of people in that audience who have had really similar situations in the last couple of years and it takes on a new weight. Uh, so, mm. yeah. You can hear, I still think you can still feel, it must be so amazing, I think, to when you can feel those audiences like listening and tuning in. You can, I think with Waitress, it's a show that it gets you, you know, especially Act Two, it comes back so ridiculous and so funny. And then you get into She Used to Be Mine realm, it's like, bang. Yeah. And it hits you, you're not ready for it. And you must, must feel that from those audiences. Absolutely. And it's taken me a long time to kind of, not control how I'm feeling because you don't control your feelings, but to kind of pace out where I push myself to, um, in terms of getting fully involved in the emotion of the scene, because from, well, 
from Ticket from an Old Man, really. There's moments in Act One, like when I tell the girls that I'm going to do the pie contest and I'm going to leave Earl and um, the fight with Earl in Act One and Bad Idea. And there are these moments of like peak energy and emotion and depth. Um, but then when you get into Act Two, from the start of the Ticket from an Old Man scene, when people are saying, oh, you're going to win that contest next week or whatever. And I'm kind of going, oh my God, what if I do win it? And then I have to actually follow through with these things that I've decided. And But if I don't win, I'm stuck. And you, from there on, it's like a ball of tension and emotion and difficult. And then I give birth and I scream and sing she used to be mine and I kick her out of the hospital. And then I, I scream and then I'm, today's a day like any... It's so technically intricate that uh I've really had to think about where I go to if that makes sense but those first couple of weeks on this tour I was just full out with feeling every second of every minute of every day you know it was uh it was just so thrilling to be back but you don't you can't you could hear a pin drop in some of those moments so I'm I'm very aware that it's not me performing and them watching it's a shared experience in, in those moments and it's not um, wow, look what she's doing. It's, oh my God, I know that or that feeling or that bit of story or, and it's, it's not about me and what I'm doing and that makes it more manageable, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, the shared experience of Waitress is a very real thing. <laughs> and can we chat about vocals for a second, please? Absolutely. <laughs> so I was there at the Royal Albert Hall at Magic of the Musicals, <laughs> Magic at the Musicals. I opened that program and it was like, She used to be mine, Lucy Jones. And that was still when everyone was like, What's going on? There's posters of Lucy on Times Square. And <laughs> here she is in, in the in Magic at the Musicals program. And it's still nothing had been announced. And then you strutted on belted out shoes be mine and i feel like from day one there was some crazy things going on in there you know <laughs> there was some crazy moments so i want to know about you making that, that 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 the music your own doing your own things with it i there was some there was some yeah there's some there's some moments in there everything's beautiful and beautifully acted and that's really important but you having you're having a little bit of fun in a couple of places right oh absolutely i mean it's very important to me that those those like little bits of fun are happening when it supports what we're telling you about, you know? So like those big moments in the middle of She Used To Be Mine, I I taught all the way throughout lockdown and um, a lot of people wanted to do She Used To Be Mine, of course, which is totally fine. Um, and I love to teach it because I know it's inside out and it'd be amazing. You'd have these great actors getting through the song and really breaking my heart. And then they go, it's been gone, but used to be. And then everything would disappear and they'd just belt mine. And I'd be like, oh, you've lost me. Instantly you've lost me because there's nothing, like she's grieving for herself, for her future, for ever. It's awful. She's like howling to the moon in at midnight. She's a wolf. Like there's all these different things that you can like play on. Uh, so when that's not there, I'm very aware of it. And I always have been. So the, the, the fun bits and everything, they, I always, I feel very sorry to be, you know, the wanky actor about it, but I feel very strongly that if they're there for no reason, I'm not interested in them. I would always rather them not be there. So these moments of fun had to be very carefully, like, you know, chosen. Um, but I knew that I would be doing this show in one, in some capacity for quite some time. So I was at home, you know, not working, choosing to not tour and stuck it, stick it out. 
but with the possibility of, yeah, at some point you'll probably play this role. So I was, and I was not coming to play. I like, I wanted to come out on my hands, plug the things. And that first section, I put a little bit of, little bit of, um, down with the rest, beg from the heart. And I put a little something, something in there because yes, I'm here to tell you a story and yes, I'm here for this, but I'm also here because this vocal in this show is a gift and let's, let's unwrap that. Let's like, let's curl that ribbon. Let's make sure that sellotape is tidily placed. Do you know what I mean? It's, it is a gift. So let's enjoy it. Um, so yeah, at that magic of the musicals thing, I, I did, um, I had a chat with Sarah before I did it and I sang it for her over, um, FaceTime and we kind of played with some bits of it and, um, because she, I mean, she, she's a person that likes to have a little bit of fun with the vocal too, of course. So she totally gets that, but is also, story first so we had great conversations about that and actually that was the first time I ever sung she used to be mine in public and then when the next time I did it was at my first show and I still hadn't been announced as Jenna so it was a an interesting time to be me. Um, I was literally avoiding people's calls because I can give people any information. It was so, so bad. Um, but, but yeah, the, the vocal to me is, uh, it's a huge part of it. And of course I want the story to be the main thing, of course. And it always will be, but if we can, if we can give people an orgasm at the same time, then we must mm. comply, you know, we must give It's your up. duty, it's your duty. And actually on the subject of orgasms, can we talk about that moment in I Dreamed a Dream, please? <laughs> can you explain yourself? No, I cannot. Um, yeah, no, I can. Um, it came from the vowel placement for is, it's. I didn't want it to be too bay. Um, so there are dreams that cannot be. It's really hard. That E, like that smiley placement, that's tough. That's really tough to do. So I was playing around with it and trying to find different ways of making it, making it a bit loosey at the same time as, you know, giving it that classic vocal. Um, so I was playing with it with the musical director and he said, just out of interest, let's, let's take it up. Let's take it up. Let's take it up. I've done this in auditions. Um, they, they'll do it with Defying Gravity. They'll go, ah, 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 and just check that it's there and it's safe and it's mm-hmm. secure, you know? Um, so we were basically doing that. And then I just played. And when we went back down to it, um, I was finding it easier, higher. Um, there are dreams that can not be was just. I'm, I know it's the right, I know it's the melody. I know it's the classic melody, but it just wasn't working. It wasn't working in my voice and my brain and my heart wanted a bit more in that moment because there cannot be, and there are storms we cannot weather. That for me is the most gut-wrenching thing that Fontaine says. It's like Molly saying, and though my heart is broken, it's still breaking every day. Like that, that for me should be the most... I don't care about the notes. It should be the most exciting and thrilling part of the song because the words are like, oh. So, yeah, and they let me. So we kind of found that, that is a canopy. And, I mean, there was one day, <laughs> there was one day, I did, uh, there are dreams I cannot be. There are storms. 
and the, the cast are all on stage with me because it, it's a concert version, right? So they're all sat on the barricades and the bleachers behind me. And I literally hear people go, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, oh, is that good what you're doing or a bad what you're doing? Um, because it was Ms. Rocks. It was a concert. We were allowed to kind of, you know, find our own flavour for things. Not within reason, of course. I'm not going to be giving you, they're making on me. <laughs> and we're not going to be giving you any of that and, and it would have been pointless um and not everybody liked it let me give you that not everybody was here for it um I understand it's a musical that has been loved for a very 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 long time by myself included I when I listen to that so and and I will if I ever get the chance to play the role again there's no way in how they're going to let me do that opt up it needs to be the version of the show that people you know know and love I'm sure of that um but yeah, it was a really nice moment um, that they let me do for the one show performance that we did. And then I kind of said to Claude Michel, what do you think? Can I just give it a go? And he was like, I thought that you were going to do this in the show. And I was like, so I can? He was like, yes, you can. And I was like, yes. Oh my God. Okay, great. Awesome. Um, so- and you hear it from Claude Michel. Then, you know. <laughs> CMS. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was incredible i was like yeah and then it's just it's good it's just that's like a tiny detail two seconds and that's it and but that's what it, it takes the devil is beautiful. in the detail with these things and i think um i am in a position where i've done lots of different styles of music now in my life and career and and i've found the way that i approach music is is usually um, something that people will allow me to do now if I'm in, in a role or um, in a concert or whatever they'll, they'll kind of allow. There's been a couple of times where people have said, no, can you just sing what's on the page? And of course, that's totally fine. Um, but my career has spanned like pop, country, folk, musical theatre. So if I can bring a bit of those other things into each other, then, it you know, it's 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 exciting for me and it's different for our audiences. So... Um, um, most people uh, that I've spoken to have enjoyed that little dream to dream moment. I think there are lots of people that yeah enjoyed it a lot. There are people that didn't know. Let me tell you, I got stopped in the street by one person who was outraged. So, um, story. What did they say? How did they say? How did they approach that topic? Well, (laughs) hi, are you Lucy Jones? Yes, hello. Um, hi, I, I saw you in Les Mis. Um, what did you do to I Dreamed a Dream was the start of the conversation. Um, not like, a, what did you do? It was, what have you done? <laughs> so I was like, um, well, you know, the director, producers, writer, ev- like everyone kind of okayed it. We're oh, doing- as if you need to justify yourself to someone on the street, please. Well, listen, I don't, they, these people, some, some people see Les Mis twice a week. And have done for 25, 30 years, you know. So they feel part of it. And that's fine. Honestly, that is fine. I am okay with that. I'm not a person that's like, why Why do you feel like you have ownership over a show? They don't have ownership. They just love it. And they have their, their, their ways and their wills. And that's fine. But equally so do I. And that's basically what I was saying to this human. Um... I was saying, look, I was there in the room with Cameron McIntosh and Claude Michel Schoenberg and our four directors and our musical director. And they all said that it was okay for this version of events. And I felt good about it. And we'd created something exciting um, 
for this exciting moment in musical theatre and um and this person you know pushed it a bit further and then eventually I said look I don't want to talk to you anymore and I'm going to walk away from you and then they said oh no sorry I didn't mean to offend you and I was like you you did you absolutely did (laughs) but also that's fine let's have a debate about let's let me tell you what I think as well um but yeah so not it wasn't for everyone but that's fine not everything's going to be for everyone you know (laughs) no it is going to hate Tell me about, um, I heard you talking about uh, prior to, was it like Christmas time, 2019 or whatever, when you kind of did a few too many shows and you said you pushed yourself a bit too hard and then your voice, you had like vocal burnout, right? And then you were, that was a hard period. And then that built up to then, fast forward to you doing your solo show at the Adelphi where your vocals were soaring and back on point. And I just find that fascinating that, that kind of happened and then that was your that was like your comeback it was I mean it must have been a crazy time for you yeah it was and it was terrifying I think I think most people who work in musical theatre at some point have what I call the awakening I was I was having singing lessons occasionally and I was doing my my exercises and I was you know if I had an audition or a job coming up I would go to my teacher and we'd work through it all together but it's not enough it's not enough if you're going to work to the schedule that I was working. Uh, between the December and January, there was, I think we did something like 20 extra shows of, in terms of additional shows for the Christmas schedule. And, and I wasn't swung off for any of those shows. They just kind of left it with me. If you need to go off, that's fine. Just tell us. We'll take it as a sick day kind of thing. Um, and I've got like a negative core belief of don't be seen as weak. And I've always had it. And it's something that I'm very much working on, like literally CBT to break that down. Um, And it really reared its head last year, the year before last, beginning of last year. Uh, And I was like, no, I can, I can do this. I can do this. Of course I can. And yeah, I could, but then I couldn't. Uh, And it was the extra things of, can you go to Wales this Sunday to record a TV show? Or can we fly you to here to do something else? Or so another job would come in, we've got this concert in la la la, whatever. And I was just going, yep, 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 yep. And it was not a powerful position. It was, uh, it was, we'll talk about not showing weakness. I had the ultimate weakness came and my body gave out and said, no, bitch, you stop, you stop right now. Um, and it was also like, I had some kind of personal things going on as well and had, had for a while. So it was also an emotional stress. Um, and my ENT surgeon was saying to me that I can't see anything anymore. You're fine. But my voice was like this. There was nothing there. Um, so it sucked. It really sucked. Um, but it was like say my, my kind of awakening moment and I contacted, Mm a vocal coach um, who I now work with extensively um, who kind of does vocal rehabilitation and then teaches you from a scientific stance um, as well as an artistic and storytelling point of view, what you need to be doing to get through eight shows a week and when to call it and when to push yourself through physically or mentally or whatever. Um, and he changed everything for me. He's honestly changed the way that I think, the way that I sing, the way that I read a script, the way that I talk about what I do, the way that I talk and think about myself. Um, and yeah, it's been a, a fantastic thing. 
But my God, the lead up to that concert, I was a brick. We'd done, Freddie and I, Freddie Tapner and I had done the set lists before Christmas when I was like flying. So we were like, into the unknown. Like, and I'm, and all these huge songs and I can't think of anything else that's on the album now because I'm blank. <laughs> Don't in my parade. Don't rain in my parade. Yeah, thank you. Last five years, she used to be mine. She's, yeah. Like, on a like, piece of sky with an alternative <laughs> ending so I could belt the crap out of it rather than giving you a mixy Barbara S, you know. And uh, all of a sudden it was gone. And I'd sold 1,500 tickets, booked an orchestra, decided that we were going to record it for a live album, got the sound team in, done the arrangements. And I, I couldn't speak. I couldn't sing. And so Dane, that this vocal coach, he, he talked to me through and coached me through everything there. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without him. And then in lockdown, that rest in lockdown, paired with doing lots of work with him, doing his group courses, doing one-to-one sessions, uh, working with him as an acting coach as well, um, working as a teacher myself and like thinking about these techniques and rhythms and breathing and everything all the time. Um, it's just completely changed the way that I approach anything now. So um, I've got a, I've got two concerts this Christmas, one at Her Majesty's in, in London and one at St. David's Hall in Cardiff. And I couldn't be less scared. Even if I wake up on the Sunday morning before the Monday first concert with nothing, I'll be fine. I will be fine. Honestly, this man is a genius and has changed everything. Sorry, the chihuahua's off again. Um, <laughs> he's changed everything for me as a performer uh, and I'll be forever grateful to him. Um, and I urge other performers to do the same thing and not don't wait until you have that fall to do to do the fixing, you know. Um it's it's a really I was very arrogant about it and I didn't think I was being arrogant at, at all but to not do as much work as I now have I now mm. see as and I think the reckless. thing what you're saying about not wanting to be seen as weak is interesting as well and I know again you were talking about Legally Blonde about you didn't want to call out and your covers costumes weren't ready and things like that and there was like a pressure not to call out and it's 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 really important I think just the word no in general is an important word to use sometimes right and I think in this industry yeah sometimes you're made to feel like you shouldn't say no you shouldn't turn anything down you shouldn't miss opportunities and it's important and empowering to do so yeah and I have learned that over the years and I thought I'd learned it I really thought I had and I've said no to jobs I've said no to year contracts and you know been terrified but also thought no, that's the right thing. Um, but it's about the day-to-day knows as well that I, I wasn't focusing on and I wasn't even really aware of. Um, you know, the just the little things in life that, no, no, I'm not going to do that because I, I need this afternoon to myself. Or it's really important. It really is. So, yeah, yeah. I feel like, I mean, we're always going to be all learning these things, aren't we? But I, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place with that now. And this um, I'm I'm honestly doing CBT to work on this weakness thing and that what goes with that because weakness isn't uh, a disability you know it, it's 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 a very powerful thing to harness and I'm learning about that now so it's it's quite a another awakening if you will wow <laughs> God I'm ever ever so awakey today um, but yeah and um finally to wrap it up when you have 
a CV as outrageous as yours. I mean, you build up these, you know, these incredible shows you're playing. You're like, you're such an idol for so many people, you know, you're doing all these amazing roles and you have such a, I guess, like a following now of people who have seen you in so many different shows and they will come to all your concerts. They'll stream that live album on repeat. <laughs> tell me, tell me about feeling that support behind you and the positive experiences of having that support not when people are stopping you on the street and cutting oh God, you out that your is wrist. an anomaly honestly that that ne- that is like <laughs> rarely happens the only reason I'm kind of good at doing that is because I was I was a little bastard in school so I was always arguing and argy bargying and stuff so if somebody approaches me now and says something negative I know how to deal with it because but also because of things like x factor and like, you know, there's always going to be someone with an opinion or someone who doesn't like you or someone who thinks they recognise you because they voted you off Big Brother. Or I've had all sorts of shit over the years. Yeah, I know. All sorts of that. But um, the 99.9% of it is entirely positive. And these people, I, they just blow my mind. The way that people support and show support and say things and go out of their way to just stop you or come to a stage door and say you did something wonderful for me or to be a person who has that opportunity. I I will never, ever get over that. It's, it's the gift and a completely thrilling thing to be able to do in life. And I won't be able to do it forever. You know, I'm not going to, I can't, I can't imagine I'll be booked and blessed forever. So when those things happen, I, I really do appreciate them. And when people, you know, come and and see me at a concert that is me, even more so than at a show, I I could cry for days. And I did after the Adelphi. I went to India the day after the Adelphi gig to do a concert with the um, symphonic orchestra there. And I was on the plane sobbing, going, I can't believe all these people came to support me and to listen to my stupid voice. And <laughs> But it's just... It's an amazing, like the waitress thing. It's like a shared experience because I promise you, if you guys are enjoying it, I'm bloody loving it. I am on cloud eighty nine point nine. You know, it's it's a it's a, an amazing, amazing thing to be able to do, and I'm beyond thrilled with it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, low back continue. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for your time on this Tuesday dull morning. No, um, thanks for having me. It's lovely to chat to you. Lovely to chat to you. Good luck. With thank the rest you. Of the and good luck with those gigs at Christmas. Ah, Everyone's got a ticket. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> thank you, Lucy. Bye. You can see Lucy as Jenna in Waitress until Saturday the 4th of December. Chelsea Harpenny is then taking over as Jenna and the tour is booking through to August 2022. You can see Lucy's Christmas concert at St David's Hall in Cardiff on the 13th of December and at the West End's Her Majesty's Theatre on the 14th of December. Thank you so much to Lucy for recording this episode of In The Frame. It was such a pleasure to record with her. If you're enjoying this season, make sure you follow and subscribe. Plus, you can even leave a little Apple podcast rating and review. It's super helpful and would be hugely appreciated. We love hearing from you. So follow West End Frame on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And make sure you check out our other podcast, The West End Frame Show 
for your weekly stagey catch up. I'll be back for a second episode this week on Friday with Shem Amari James, who can soon be seen in Venara at the Hackney Empire before starring as Cece in the UK tour of Dreamgirls. But until then, thank you for listening.